fell straight back without a twitch or a movement, simply collapsed, a puppet whose strings had been cut. Marco lunged across the boat to grab him. I saw the hole. It was centered in Jake's forehead. The back of his head was gone. There is no possible question. He was dead. In a flash, I understood. It wasn't the advanced elements of the colonial army that Axe had seen on the far shore. It was the Hessians, moving in to ambush. Visser Four had enlisted allies in this assassination. Another huge crash as the Hessians fired another volley. More men died. Half the men in Jake and Walker's boat were dead or injured. I could see the Hessians, neat, orderly rows of green-coated soldiers. Hessians, German mercenaries, working for, fighting for, the British. This was not even their war. Men were trying to turn Marco and Jake's boat, trying to head it back, away from the guns. A volley, and now, deeper, booming explosions, as a cannon added its voice. A boat blew apart. It was slaughter. Another boat capsized, spilling men into the water. Boats slammed into each other. The dead bodies went over the side to slip beneath the black water. Men were trying to shove Jake over, lightening the boat. Marco fought them, but they knocked him back. Cassie! I cried. What? She was alarmed. She'd heard the guns. But she didn't know. Cassie! Jake! His body! You have to get it! You can't let it... Oh my god! She wailed. I saw her surface. She was downstream. She fought her way back up. She would find Jake. She would. But there would be so many bodies for her to look through. I saw him go under, sinking, an ice flow gliding over him. I saw Marco, yelling, crying. Saw Washington's arm get hit by a bullet. I didn't see Visser Four, but I knew he was there. This wasn't the way it had happened. Washington's men had surprised the Hessians. The battle had been won by the Americans. Someone had warned the Hessians. Someone had told them where to wait. My head was swirling. All so impossible. Jake, impossible. Save Washington, I said. What do we do? Tobias asked. Do? I didn't know. Attack, I blurted. The Hessians! Attack them! Rachel! Axe said. These Hessian humans are only doing what... But my doubt was gone. Attack! Yes! They killed Jake! I snapped. And they're trying to get Washington. They could kill Marco. They'd die. 
Do you hear me, Andalite? They killed your prince. Do your duty! Chapter 21 Axe Tobias was in his own hawk body. I was in my own Andalite form. Cassie was in the water. Rachel in the air. Marco was in a boat under fire. And Jake, my prince, was dead. Only I was in a position to attack the firing troops. Only I could avenge Jake's killing. I ran through the woods over muddy ground, slick from falling ice. The trees were dark. Thorns and brambles ripped at me. Krayak had taken his payment. But that did not mean the dying would end. Was Rachel right? Should I attack these humans? My form alone would breed panic among them. But they were professional soldiers. Some would break and run. Others would not. I could use my tail to knock some unconscious. But they would rally. Their officers would direct fire at me. Unless I could remove their officers quickly enough. I would have to kill. Kill men who should have lived. Not only take lives, but wreak havoc throughout human history. But wasn't that already happening? This battle should never have taken place. Men were dying who should have lived. What should I do? Another volley. The left of the Hessian line was only seconds away. Marco might have died in that last volley. Or, if he lived still, he might die in the next. I raced for the nearest soldier. He didn't see me. I whipped my tail forward. Flap! The flat of my blade hit the side of the soldier's head. The soldier fell. Flap! Another dropped, unconscious. A third turned, saw me, froze, unable to pull the trigger of his primitive firearm. I knocked the gun from his hand. But now an officer was yelling, and more soldiers were turning, turning toward me, leveling their guns, fingers on triggers. I ran, pushed off with my hind legs. I leapt. I sailed over the heads of the Hessians as their explosive fire ripped the air below me. I landed hard, tripped, staggered, cut myself and veered toward the officer. He drew his sword. He was brave, but no human is fast enough to evade an Andalite tail. His sword would not stop me. My blade would remove his head from his shoulders. No choice. The killing had to stop. Marco, the human called Washington. No choice. My stock eyes looked down the dark, wet slope toward the river. Most of the Hessians were still firing. Men in the boats were screaming. I drew back my tail. Thwap! Chapter 22 Cassie Bodies sank. Bodies floated. Bodies rushed by, caught up in the current. Staring eyes goggled, dead. Blood. Everywhere. 
Jake! I cried his name. Maybe, somehow, somehow he could hear. Somehow Marco was wrong. I surfaced to suck in air, surfaced to escape the horror below the boats. But the surface was worse still. Bullets, fired in horrifying volleys, continued to chip boats and bone. Men cried out. Men fell into the water. It was slaughter. I couldn't see Marco or Washington. Were they alive? Jake! I echolocated, firing clicks that bounced off holes and ice floes and arms and legs. Jake! I bumped into a body. It turned. Oh my god! Oh my god, Jake! 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 I got beneath him and started to push his body along toward the riverbank. Come on, Jake! Come with me! I'll get you out of here! Oh god! Oh god! Bullets ripped through the water. I swam on, oblivious, through the freezing water. I could sense the riverbank before me. Just a few feet away, just... Gone! Jake's weight was no longer on my back. The riverbank was gone. Boats. Gone. Sunlight shone down through the water. It was daylight. Jake! Jake! I echolocated. No, there was no body. Nothing but a school of fish. No! Time jump! I surfaced. The sun was out from behind clouds. A gentle breeze blew. And... Moving on that breeze, sailing ships, dozens, maybe more. They filled my horizon in every direction, towering, tall, three-masted wooden ships with vast white sails billowing, flags flying. Jake was not here, not now. I felt sick. Jake, dead, but not here and not now. Visser 4 had escaped again, and we, like a tail on a kite, had followed, helpless. Jake! I cried. No, he wouldn't answer. He would never answer again. And now, another battle was preparing. Another place where Visser 4 could twist human history. Maybe the human race deserved it. My mind was nothing but pain now. Nothing but guilt. Marco and I were going to save him from Cryak. We were going to keep him alive. But in a flash, in a battle that should have never happened, in a war I hadn't even paid attention to in school, he died. I couldn't feel this pain. Couldn't. There was a hole inside me. It was a twisting knife. But beneath my own wailing, lost human mind was another. The dolphin. Yes, the dolphin knew only that the sea was full of fish, and that was good. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode. I've got some messages coming in from a variety of sources that I'd like to read out. Uh, the first one is um, a new member to our Platinum tier. Uh, I think I've toyed around calling you guys the auxiliary animorphs, but there may be like a bad connotation there uh, with the with the you know how things turned out. But um, new member, regardless of the of this tier, because for kindly donating 
uh, to my server fees. If you'd like to donate, there is a link to my pay- uh, my PayPal on my website, theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, but no pressure. Uh, I well. <laughs> Maybe a little pressure. I, you know, I don't have a job right now, but no, honestly, it's fine. I can still afford these server fees. I have some savings. We're fine. Um, but if the spirit does move you, that's where you can find the donate link. Anyway, back to the point. Antonio, uh, very kindly donated and, uh, attached the message, uh, for the Audiomorphs podcast. My son and I listen to this podcast every night before bed. Can you wish Alessandro a good night on your next episode? Well, Alessandro, good night. Uh, I hope you have sweet dreams. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, donating, Antonio. Uh, so cool that you listen to this with your son. Um, that's probably the the like coolest thing for me. Um, having started this project is when I hear that like people are using it as a means to uh, go through these books with their kids. That's that's really really cool to me. Um, so th- thank you for writing in and thank you for donating. I really appreciate that. Um, I also have a message coming in from Tumblr, that's uh, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, um, from Briar Moss, who writes, One, totally with you on Impotent. Thank you, I feel very justified. Um, starting a movement. You, did you guys ever read Frindle by uh, Andrew Clements? I'm, uh, this is my Frindle moment. I'm changing into Impotent, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> um, two... I physically winced when he called Washington daddy. That was awful. Uh, yeah, a little weird. Um, you know, I, I get it. When you're 12, Washington seems like a pretty cool guy. This is also the 90s. Daddy didn't quite have uh, that that sexual connotation, especially when you're younger. Uh, I mean, it's, it's for me, in the same category uh, as the way all of them describe uh, going to hang out as hooking up. Uh, we all hooked up at the mall. Has very different connotations in 2023 than it did in like 1994. I get it. Things change. Uh, also, shout out to the Deep Space Nine writers who named um, a military rank of an alien race thought, uh, ha- having no way of knowing that you know 30 years later um, it, it would enter the common lexicon um, uh, as, as something very different. <laughs> um, so thank you for writing in. Um, if you'd like to write in, I've already mentioned uh, two ways. Uh, that's my website and also Tumblr. There's also the Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Or you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that's technically a way you can contact me as well. Uh, lastly, you can also check the Twitter. That's at audiomorphs. Um, though I'll probably just reply to you on Twitter if you do that. But uh, that's also where you should look if I'm ever late uploading an episode. Uh, right now, they should be coming out pretty on time. I don't got a lot going on. <laughs> um, but if they're ever late, I'll have a reason up there. Uh, I think that's all I have. Uh, Jake died in this one, huh? That's pretty crazy. Um, this, this is kind of my problem with uh, the Megamorphs as as a whole, is that they um, are within the timeline of Animorphs, so they like canonically fit into certain parts in between books. Uh, but very often don't actually have a ton of um, impact on on the overall narrative, right? Because it's always like a time travel thing, or the first one was like just sort of an extended book, right? It was just like kind of a monster of the week, but it went on forever. Um, but, you know, still cool to see the characters, how they would react um, if one of them were to die. Obviously, um, I think it's not 
a spoiler to say that somehow Jake's coming back. Um, but I, I like this more because it, um, I, I think when these kind of stories where it's like someone dies, but it was all a dream or it was a simulation or this or that for whatever reason they come back. I think what makes those uh, moments effective instead of um, cliched is when you focus on the um, the character beats, right? So I found Jake's death here interesting because I got to see both how Rachel, a little bit of Marco, and how Cassie all, uh, and Axe really, all uh, dealt with the idea of Jake dying and what their emotional response uh, would be to that, and that then in turn informs their character. That's interesting to me. Same with actually, <laughs> my favorite version of this is uh, Young Justice. If any of y'all are Young Justice watchers, uh, there's an episode where a lot of them die, and it turns out it was actually uh, a training exercise gone wrong because uh, a telepath, you know, lost control during um, uh, an invented scenario and made it a little too real for everyone. But the next episode uh, was just like, all of them decompressing in therapy about going through that experience and like how it changed. My favorite, my favorite thing here is that in, in that episode, Robin says, I realize I can't be like Batman. I can't sacrifice my friends for the mission like that. Um, and it made him realize that he doesn't want to step into Batman's shoes um, when he outgrows this Robin mantle. And that's why he becomes Nightwing, which I think is such a fun cool take on uh why dick grayson moves away from being um batman's protege um so this one's pretty good um as, as far as you know i we all know jake's coming back but there there are some moments here that i can work with um and that's my that's my take on it the it's all a dream or a simulation or whatnot uh trope in media so i uh, hope you were wondering about that because Otherwise, sorry, you've listened to me ramble for a few minutes. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>